I'm a mythical Pandora, sent here to judge the universe. Do you have any idea what the weapon is? It could very well be a planet killer. I would really like to go on this mission, Admiral. Imagine having the power to annihilate entire worlds, and even the stars themselves. Humanity is worth saving. What have you done? Pandora. New episodes premiere October 4th, free next day, only on the CW app. New episodes of the hit sci-fi TV series Pandora returns to the CW starting Sunday, October 4th, and are available anytime on demand through the CW app. This sci-fi adventure show stars Priscilla Quintana and Oliver Dench as operatives for the Earthcom Intelligence Service, who stand between our universe and total annihilation. And you can find out more about the show on Unboxing Pandora, available weekly to get the behind-the-scenes story on the making of the show with special guests from the cast and crew, as well as podcast commentaries for the new episodes. Available now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Darren, I'm watching the best show on television. You want to know what it is? What is it? I think I know, but what is it? Inglorious Trexperts. <laughs> and you're thinking to yourself, that's wait a second, that's not say. a TV show. It's but not it a, is. But it is. It, it is. is. It's a TV show because you can watch us on the Electric Now app. It's an app for streaming video podcasts as well as movies, television, and more. You can see us on demand on Electric Now. I demand it. I demand because I demand it. <laughs> Commodore Stone can watch us on the Electric Now app. And how do you get the Electric Now app? Because apparently people are having trouble understanding the concept. Just go to your app store from whatever device you're using or all of the devices you're using. And you download it to your phone, your iPad, your Roku, your whatever, whatever you, whatever you, whatever you have that streams. Other than a Viewmaster, you download it and, and then you watch it 100% free. There's no charge, yeah. there's no Patreon, there's no Electronic Frontier. All there is is a free app. So download the Electric Now app from your favorite app store and watch us on Electric Now. You must learn to listen to the Rebel and the Rogue or you will not be allowed to come with me to Alderaan. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a fan of the only gentleman secret agent with a license to kill and thrill, you should pick up my new James Bond oral history, Nobody Does It Better, available now in hardcover, audio, and digital wherever books are sold. Do you expect me to read? No, I expect you to buy it. This is the vaccine. It could be a beaker full of death. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Docterman, and we are the Inglorious Experts. And this is not kidding around. Not kidding around. Not kidding not around. Kidding around. No, not kidding around. Star Trek stories with cats. Not kidding them. around. <laughs> our cat's beak, a beaker full of death. Right. Now, Star we're Christ here with... Beaker in them. Stop talking. We haven't introduced you yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. You here... don't exist yet. Shit. I'll tell you when you exist. <laughs> we're here with a returning guest, uh, writer of Thor and X-Men First Class, and uh, writer-producer on such TV series as uh, Terminator of the Sarah Connor Chronicles, Fringe, Lore, Black Sails. Uh, he's a very prolific young man. Ashley Edward Miller, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Shame you can't come again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're probably wondering, not kidding around, a beaker full of death. What does that what mean? What does that mean, Mark? You're wondering, aren't you? Tell him, Jim. I'm not. Tell him, Jim. <laughs> Tell him, Jim. Uh, we're, we, this was suggested by one of our listeners, actually. Uh, it's an episode we're going to talk about episodes we hated or disliked or didn't particularly enjoy as kids that we've come to uh, reflect on as adults that we like a lot more. 
and we'll also talk about the opposite. Maybe episodes of Star Trek that we we, we loved as kids that maybe we don't uh, don't like as much now that we're older. So uh, we're going to be talking about the original series, of course, because we were not kids when Next Generation debuted. Right. Many of you probably were. Um, Ashley was. Uh, sort of. I was a teenager. Okay, yeah, so we'll yeah. talk to you about that. You know, um, you and... will speak for the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, th- that'll be interesting. So okay, um, I, I, you know, just to jump right into it, you know, you would say our opinions change in these episodes. You know how, how over time in general have your opinions of Star Trek changed? You know, that's a tough question because they kind of haven't. Mm. I still love it. Maybe not quite as much as I did when I was a kid. Star Trek, you don't like as much as you were a kid. Well, because it doesn't give the same feeling. Mm. And that's normal. Sure. Uh, Because, you know, we grow and we develop and we, uh, you know, uh, think differently sometimes. Um, I still still love it. Wrong thinking is punishment. That's correct. I still love it, but it, you know, it doesn't... Probably because of the endless repetition mm. and and watching things over and over again, it doesn't give me the same visceral reaction that I had as a as a child. Um, but I think that um, my understanding of some of the episodes back when I was a kid was limited because of my experience, obviously. Mm. And I think that now that I I have uh, you know lived a, a, a life, uh, I think. Some of them uh, have begun to live in reality for me. Mm. So that's my best explanation for. What about you? My Do you thoughts. feel your opinion has particularly evolved about Star Trek over time? I think I've learned to appreciate different things. Um, I mean, I agree with you that it's like that the sort of the visceral experience of of Star Trek is not what it was, yeah. right? It's sort of it's settled from you know. Dating and engagement into right. a long marriage. Exactly, that's <laughs> exactly it. Yes, right. And uh, but it's a good marriage. It's a happy yeah. marriage. Um, and uh, you know, I, I certainly there are there are things you know from from all of the shows that uh, that uh, that my opinion has has evolved on as as we've we've moved forward. But but I still, man, I've loved Star Trek since I can remember loving anything. Mm. Um, you know, because my brother was six years older than I was, so it was in my life. It's like the, the moment of sapience. It was just, it was just part of everything. Um, you know, so I, I can't, I can't imagine um, my childhood without it. And it's strange because now that I have kids, and now I sort of look at it, and this is probably a whole other conversation. But it's, you know, at what point, you know, or does it? even become like a part of their existence in the same way. Right. So I'm starting to think about Star Trek now just as a as a father. Think yeah. about Star oh, Trek. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, how do I relate that? Stay angry. Don't think yeah. about it. <laughs> um yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, you know, and it's it's interesting because, you know, ultimately your kids will probably have different touchstones than you all. You know, there'll be different things. There's some there'll be some overlap and then there'll be other things and, you know, will Star Trek be one of those things you can kind of pass down, you don't know. Right. You know, um, obviously, you know, it's tough for a kid to watch um, Star Trek now and have the same have and have the same kind of impact on us that had on on them that has on us because competing with so much else and, uh, you know, the, the expectation of what the future looks like. I think the fact that the future isn't as miraculous in Star Trek as it was to us because so much of that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I, when you have an iPhone now, is the communicator as amazing? You know, when you go to the supermarket every day and the doors go, like the end of our show, um, is, uh, is, is, um, is that as amazing as when we were watching it? Um, when you can talk to a computer and have it answer you and say, hey... You know, uh, play uh, Misty the, for me. Wait, no, play yeah. Misty for me. Yeah. You, you know, is it as amazing to somebody watching it for the first time when th- that that is um, de rigueur in, in regular life? Well, you know, I have to tell you what we never saw in Star Trek that like it turned out hap- turns out happens in real life. Now that we have computers, we can talk to. 
that sometimes our computers just hear things that we just never oh, tell yeah. them to do. Yeah, it's yeah. like I never saw in Star Trek Captain Kirk yell at the computer because he didn't up. actually Alexa. ask it to do something. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I didn't tell you to fire phasers. No, stop it. <laughs> Although to to properly do your request before it has to be, hey, play play Misty for me for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it's funny because um, that's really funny. That one. Like, all of a sudden, the bridge starts saying, "You know, you, 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 yeah, the two like ordering shit like, for what? you." No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Are those like, your orders, Captain? And all of a sudden, what's coming in? I don't know. No, I didn't say play London Calling. Call London. <laughs> but, uh, All right. <laughs> plus, also, it's so funny because, of course, the computer talked like this and computers always – and, you know, right. now it's like how come you – know, Except they, on Next Gen except, when it sounded like Majel. Yeah, when it sounded a lot more like Majel. That's true. But now but, I think you can make your computer sound like Majel if you really But, like you know, it. I have to say, I mean, you know, we've talked about this before. I mean, you know, my son, for instance, is a huge Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Um but when I showed him Star Trek, he's like really into the cage. Like he, you know, and, and I think eventually he'll take an interest in watching Star Trek again. Um, you know, right now he's not in a Star Trek phase, but he'll never have the kind of passion for Star Trek that I have. No. You know. That'd be inhuman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he won't already. waste his time doing a podcast devoted towards it. Um, and Glorious Trexpert's The Next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> well, we. Um, I mean, that would be interesting. We, we you know, I, I'd be, well, I guess there are other podcasts out there like that, but um, to hear a podcast, this podcast with different hosts, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's sort of like after Richard Dawson leaves Family Feud, you know, and you end up with. Uh, well, the French version of our podcast has different hosts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so is the German one. <laughs> It just has They're us much better. doing an outrageous French <laughs> accent, wearing an eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the inglorious Trexpert. Thank you for having me, eh? <laughs> it's very nice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and they still hate this guy. No. <laughs> but um, I'm kidding. So, uh, <laughs> so let's talk about um, let's let's talk about these episodes that as kids um we um we didn't like we didn't like and maybe now we have a new appreciation for because it's interesting how i think so many of our favorite episodes remain mm-hmm. you know doomsday machine i don't think has ever changed i right. still loved it then loved mm-hmm. it now mirror mirror loved it then yep, loved absolutely. it now mm-hmm. um but there were some episodes they would come on and be like oh god because you got to remember this is the era when we were at the mercy of whatever was on TV. Right. Mm-hmm. So whatever came on that night, and I have to That's say, what you watched. I never turned it off. Right. Like, no. no matter what episode it was, I would watch it. If I was going to watch Star Trek that night, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, oh, I don't like this. I'm not going to watch this. Yeah. You had I was no, a test pattern Trekkie. Mm-hmm. You had no other alternative. Yeah. yeah. Except the alternative factor. Right. And even that I, I watched. Yeah. Yeah. Robert's favorite episode. So um, we'll start with you, Darren. What, what episode in, in, in particular did you not like that maybe you have a new appreciation for it's interesting because some you know like you were saying some of the episodes that i didn't quite really enjoy watching that many times um i still don't enjoy watching that many Mm, times sure uh but there there are because there's some that are just bad they're well they're not bad they're just not my cup of tea Mm -hmm. right and there's something goofy with them or you know Something that makes them not enjoyable to me. Um, but I think what I was talking about earlier with um, uh, additional experience and, and you know, uh, life outlook, uh, I think that the, uh, the empath is one that I really didn't care for when I was a kid. I thought it was incredibly boring and I thought that the aliens were sort of kind of the same things we'd seen before and uh I thought I thought Jim was kind of creepy. Uh and um I I didn't really enjoy seeing, you know, Kirk and Dr. McCoy strung up and tortured. Right. I didn't like it. And for the show at the time it was very violent. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean they were absolutely. hung up, they were hung up, they were you right. know being hurt. I mean McCoy yeah. in particular yeah. is really suffering. Yeah, I mean, yeah. his practically his. If they could have shown it, his guts would have been spilling out onto right. the floor. Yes. Uh, so 
I, I think, you know, now I, you know, I understand it more. I, I, uh, I have empathy with it. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, it's it's a very beautiful story. I still think Jim looks kind of creepy, huh. <laughs> um, but it's you know I have a, a much sort of uh, wider experience to to help uh, uh, understand what's going on in the story and and the things that are uh, in flux in it and uh, you know the the jeopardy that's happening to the crew and the meaning of why the Vians were doing what they were doing. So, you must save the life of our friend. No. We will not. Our instinct must be developed to the fullest. The test must be complete. It is complete. Jem has earned the right of survival for her planet. She offered her life. To offer is not proof enough. If death is all you understand, here are four lives for you. not leave our friend you've lost the capacity to feel the emotions you brought Jem here to experience you don't understand what it is to live love and compassion are dead in you you're nothing but intellect that's really interesting because I will tell you that that would have been my pick as well mm. um, it's an episode I did not like as a kid at all um, Partially, it was the production value. Right. Um, it was a very, very cheap sparse. episode, yeah, very yeah. sparse. But whereas I found that very, I liked Inspector the Gun. I thought it was very mm-hmm. imaginative. Um, in the Empath, I felt it looked cheap at the time. Right. Now I actually quite like it. I remember that shot of them walking down the stairs and disappearing. Right. You know the teaser. Every time that would come on, I'd be like, "Oh God, not the Empath!" Right. right? And um, you know, I, I agree. I think I didn't like to see our characters suffering and being mm-hmm. tortured. I always felt that the Vines were sort of second-rate Telosians. Absolutely. Um, so it was also like, oh, this is like their kind of cage ripoff. Right. But I really like the Menagerie a they lot better than that. They were almost what the Kenner toy was based on. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I didn't particularly like her because she was, you know, she was mute. So it right. was like there, was, there wasn't a lot of great dialogue, obviously. Right. And, you know, it's just there were a couple of mo- things that I, as a kid I found amusing. Like when they es- think they, they escaped and Scotty's standing there waving right. and then suddenly he disappears. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, but that was as a kid. As I got older, I, I you know. I really come to appreciate it because I think it's very um, a non-traditional episode. Mm-hmm. I think that it sort of breaks format a little. You know, I realize it was like a McCoy episode, right? Um, and um, uh, I I loved the, the sort of surrealness of it. Um, and uh, I feel like um, that uh, beautiful score, beautiful score, beautiful sure. direction. Uh, but you know, which 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 the kind of things I didn't notice as much when I was right. when I was young. Um, and it is a more sci-fi episode because, of course, despite their budget, they could only do so much. You know, so often you're on the back lot, you know, and it's we've talked about this before. It's Hodgkin's parallel lore, planetary planet evolution. Right. This was like felt weird and alien and different. Um, and, and it's an episode that I, I really come to appreciate. I certainly wouldn't put it. You say it's one of my favorite episodes, mm-hmm. but I, I'm a lot more interested in watching it. And I'm not sure if. Some of this came because these are episodes I've watched less over my life. Right. So it's like just that they feel more fresh to me sure. because I watched them fewer times. Um, and they haven't imprinted themselves completely into your yeah, brain. Yeah, where like I couldn't quote a lot of dialogue. Right. Um, Certainly none episode. of gems. <laughs> Certainly none of gems. Uh, but even the Vians and, you know, McCoy. And I think, doesn't it take place mostly off the ship? I mean, most of it's... Oh, yeah. yeah. Mostly, mostly in that, that yeah. Like, room. Yeah. And and I, I think that's really, it's really cool. I think it was sort of adventuresome. And, uh, you know, given how bad the third season is for the most part, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it actually stands out. And, and again, the score is, is pretty exquisite. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, it's funny that you, you brought it up and it was also kind of first on your list because it was like one of the first things that jumped into my head too because uh, I didn't, it's funny, I don't think I was affected by the Kirk McCoy torture of it all. Like I, I, I don't know that I necessarily processed it. Maybe because you love torture. Because I love it. You know, (laughs) it's like there's nothing I like more than taking a drill and putting it in somebody's face. I mean, no, I mean, 
Uh, no, I just I don't think that like the 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 turbo lift just didn't reach the bridge on that. One. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I just I could not contextualize mm. it, so it didn't upset me. I think it was mainly Jim who just kind of weirded me out because I just sort of felt like there was something just deeply like unreal mm-hmm. about her. Like there was something almost uncanny valley now. Yeah. I think is the phrase yeah. I would use, and it just and that just kind of turned me off as a kid. And I think that made it difficult for me to watch. Mm. Um, but I do think that it's a it's a great story, and I do think it's like it's incredibly like incredibly smart producing. Yes, right. Just yes. like, and I really appreciate it on that level. It's like it's it's something that I and I think you're right too about. It. It's one of those episodes that because I was constantly doing that number with it, like actually sitting and watching it without having those sort of visceral kid reactions right. like um and being able to truly contextualize everything that's happening i could appreciate it more right hmm. that's a that's a you know i guess it's a one we can certainly all agree on yeah. ashley what we what, what, we get we get to you because you you're a little younger than us and i want to talk to you about sort of next generation as well um because you know even though i was in college when next generation mm-hmm. was on so i i you know certainly at that point i don't think my opinion about next gen has evolved that much from right. when I saw it. And I had dropped out of college by that time. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I do want to talk to you about your um, feelings about Next Gen. But let, let's keep it on TOS for the moment. Yeah. Do you have a TO, another TOS episode that maybe? Yeah, I, I think this will, this, this may shock you. So, it, or astound you. Or astound you. Um, I will tell you the episodes that I did not like when I was a kid. The Menagerie. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did not know what to make of it because first of all it was who is this guy who right. is this Captain Pike right number one and why I, and is I, he in Star Trek why is he in Star Trek and I and I kind of thought there was something interesting about that but I couldn't really connect to him number one number two um, I was very upset by the makeup effects mm. right it was the, just it, the that, buttheads yeah the buttheads it was hard for me to watch and uh, Commodore Pike. Right. right, like right. just what he looked like, the whole fact that he was in the thing, and it was just right. there was something about that that was just very Hammer House of Horror. It's, creepy. You know, it's very yeah. creepy and disturbing, and the fact that he could only communicate with the beeps, and I mean, just everything about that episode, just I don't know, man. Like I, it, I just I had a very difficult time watching it, and I and I did not like to watch it. Now, admittedly, there were parts of it that I was like, suddenly I'm curious. It's because it's. It's Fina. Um, but beyond that, I Strange just... Strange stirrings in my utility bill. <laughs> exactly. But now, I love those episodes. Mm. They're brilliant. It's like, it is a brilliant producing, yeah. as we've discussed very often yeah, yeah. in the show. Um, and B, it's just a great story. Now I can I can fully appreciate it. I can connect to it as a Spock story and, and what it's about. Um, and I just... I dig it, man. I was like, I if I found it too cerebral as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I really enjoy it now, and I'm you know I'm always happy to sort of sit down and just kind of go, you know what? I think I'll I'll watch the Menagerie. That's really funny because I, I didn't love the Menagerie when I was younger, and there's a great meme going around right now. It has a picture of them in the briefing room watching, yes. and it says, uh, "This is what it's like." Uh, this is a to be on Star Trek watching Star Trek. This is a Star Trek episode <laughs> where they sit in a room yeah, and watch a Star, Star Trek, Trek episode. episode. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> and 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 it's it's really and it's true and I think that was one of the things I didn't really respond to it because particularly the second episode is almost all the cage. Right. Um and I'm like, where, 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 come on, I, I want to Captain Kirk." So and and you know, they used to promote it like it was a big event, you know, the, the yeah. Star Trek two-parter. Um so yeah, I didn't love it. I knew when it came on, I was always like, "Oh, okay, the next two days it's going to be the K, you know, Menagerie." Right. Um, but I, I didn't not like it. I just it, it certainly that's definitely one that has grown in my estimation. Where it, it went from sort of a mid level episode to me to like one of the best. And right. I think a lot of that also has to do with how much I appreciate how what Gene Roddenberry did to take you know the first pilot, which was unusable because it didn't even have Shatner in it, and and turn it into something brilliant. You yeah, know? yeah. I I had. I had a different reaction because I always liked it. Um, I wasn't necessarily, you know, thrilled with the Pike sections of it. However, that changed when I actually saw Gene Roddenberry speak at a local college, and he showed the original pilot uh, without the, you know, mm-hmm. without the surrounding bits, and uh, that's where I, I, you know, realized, oh, well, this, this was a 
this was a, an episode. Right. And they just folded it into another one. Right. So I didn't I didn't realize that before right. I'd sure. seen it. Right. So I it 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 does bring up your you know your questioning. Well, why did they go to all this trouble to do this secondary story? Right. You know. Um but uh you know it, I I liked it a lot and I I I liked the the strange communicator and the strange laser gun. The women. Yeah. And and all that and uh I I found it I found it fun. I just didn't understand it until later. Right. But, uh, again, I love it now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um okay, so I, I you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about um obviously the empath was probably my number one. Um there are a couple you know, thinking about it, um, you know, one we've talked about at length, which you'd probably be surprised, uh, I, which I love, again, one of my favorites now, but at the time as a kid, I didn't really like it, was A Taste of Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, A, the, the, you know, it probably has some of the worst production values, the costumes, the, the sets, um, you know, uh, but none of that matters now because, of course, you realize how brilliant Shatner is in mm-hmm. that episode, and the the you know as an allegory for Vietnam, just these people are sent into disintegration chambers who willingly submit to die, mm-hmm. um, is just a fascinating episode, and um, you know and 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 you know one of the great as we've said many times the great Shatner speeches of all time, right. you know which is you know I'm not going to kill today, right. um, and uh, you know one of the great mealy mouth diplomats David Apache was a non seven. Um, Really, really terrific episode. But as a kid, you know, that was all kind of over my head. And I just felt like, oh, my God, the the, the disruptors, you know, the phasers didn't even shoot phasers. They went, you know, and they knock you, you know, and, 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 um, um, you know, they were, you know, running around with these guys with these weird hats. And um, I just... uh, um, just not a fan, which is interesting because it's like an episode sort of similar, like Friday's Child. I didn't like then and I don't like now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of it has to do with the performance of Ty Andrews. But Taste Armageddon was an episode I didn't love. And it really wasn't until college and my roommate really loved it. Hmm. And, uh, and, and I started, you know, I watched it and it just fell in love with that episode. Now it's like, you know, totally one of my favorites. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was a kid and I watched it, I was thinking, why do they go into the <laughs> chambers? Right. Why I mean, would they do that? Why are they being stupid? Mm. And that that's what, that's what uh, you know, really confused me. I said, why would, why would rational people do that? Ah, that's the question. Right. So, yeah. Now, I – that was an episode that I always dug, but I think um, it was – I immediately understood – the ending, right? Like I knew what Captain Kirk had done right. at the ending, and I was just like, "That is smart." So, the just the the sheer like cunning of what Kirk does at the end, and just the like. I mean, I wouldn't have described it this way as a kid, but like, but the balls of that, like, I just I immediately resonated to it, and that mm-hmm. to me was like a touchstone moment for Kirk. Mm-hmm. That was like how I understood Kirk was that dude who did that. Plus, I think also as a kid. I resented the way that Fox was treating Kirk. Right. He was so dismissive of him. And that, you know, Kirk was being pushed around by a non seven. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I kind of mm-hmm. didn't like seeing, you know, Captain Kirk get like uh, dicked around as much as he did in that episode. You know, now it's kind of like, well, that's life. And, you know, yeah, and that's by the how end, it goes. Shatner, you know, Kirk, you know, he's like, I'm done. I'm done taking shit from right. everyone, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just, I think it's so, oh, it's, it's, it's a wonderful episode. Um, another episode that, um, I definitely, uh, uh, my tastes have evolved. I love, you know, in politics, they say, oh, my opinion evolved on, you know, things. Sure. Like, I, you know, it's like, I would say my opinion evolved on, was who moans for Adonais? Mourns. Uh, Mourns. Who mo- what I say? Yeah, Leslie who, Parrish who moans? moans for Adonais. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, who, yeah. Who, 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 who mourns? Who mourns for Adonais? And, was Mourn in that one? <laughs> <laughs> who mourns Dude, for Mourn? Dude, that would be amazing. Who mourns for Mourn? I, I didn't like that, but now I do. But who, who mourns for Adonais? Again, it was a Scotty story, which never was very exciting to kind me. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, the, the, the tragedy didn't really resonate the way right. it does for me now that the sadness, you know, this, this world has no world, room for gods. Right. You know, um, 
didn't realize that you know Leslie P- P- Palamas was uh, one of the Carolyn, most, Carolyn Palamas, Palamas was the most gorgeous woman who ever yes. walked the earth, um, and uh, it just you know it just to me was like big and goofy and you know um, uh, you know I, th- I thought Michael Forrest was good but it just was not an episode that I really uh, my brother hated it whenever it come on he would be like ugh but it wasn't until I was an adult that I felt sorry for Apollo. Yes, I never yes. felt sorry for him. It was like he was somebody who had to be defeated, who, you know, even when it, when it, it was one when the soon as the hand showed up, right. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> you know, and I just... Talk to the hand. I would have cherished you, cared for you. I would have loved you as a father loves his children. Did I ask so much? We've outgrown you. You asked for something we can no longer give. Carolyn. I loved you. I would have made a goddess of you. I've shown you my open heart. See what you've done to me. Zeus, Hermes, Hera, Aphrodite, you were right. Athena, you were right. The time has passed. There is no room for gods. Forgive me, my old friends. Take me. Take me. I, you know, I do think it's another one of these episodes where, like, Captain Kirk is being thwarted. Right. You know, and it's like, and you just want to see Captain Kirk kick Apollo's ass, right, right. you know, and, um, uh, you know, and, and, and it had ridiculous dialogue. You big fat Sithlehead, Thistlehead. <laughs> so um, it's right. like, yeah. oh, geez. Um, you know, and most of it took place on the planet, and, right. you know, on that set with the thing. And I didn't, you know, obviously didn't get the subtlety of what was going on with the Karen Palamas right. and Apollo, who, you know, were. Um, having their tempestuous affair. Plus, I never liked it. Even then, I have to say, I never liked it when the women would um, throw off, you know, forget their training, right? And 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 like basically run off with the good-looking guy, right? You know, I just didn't think it was realistic. Like I felt like Karen Palamas was a professional and she would do her job. And it was the same way I felt with Marlon MacGyver's in, in, in Space Seed. Right. I'm like, what the hell? Just because you know Khan shows up, and now you, you realize that your whole that crew. happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, you know, I had, uh, you know, I was like, I, I, I felt it was very unfair to women. You know, I felt it was a very unfair, unfair portrayal of women. You know, it's like why, why, why does this? Why well, is it think keep how happening? Unfair it was to Apollo. Yeah. What about his feelings? Yeah. Do you care about Apollo? No. Does anybody care about? I mean, <laughs> nobody mourns. Now, nobody mourns for him. Yeah. I, you know, I was always happy when it was over. Now it's like it's so tragic when yeah. he's taken away on the wind. And he said, you know, talking to Athena and everybody yeah. and saying, Aphrodite, yeah, yeah, you were right. You know, it's <laughs> it's really sad. Uh, and Michael Forrest is great in he's that episode great. because you know that's hard. I mean, you, we've all seen the 1980 Clash of the Titans. Playing a god is not easy. <laughs> You know, you know. I mean, you had Lawrence Olivier, and he was terrible. Right. Zeus. So Michael Forrest is great it's as great. Apollo. Yeah, it's a really good performance. Um, and and you know, those are things that were kind and of I, lost. I on really, me. I I loved the setup that the Greek gods were these spacefaring people. Mm-hmm. I loved that. And all he wants to do is be worshipped. Yeah. Again, all stuff as an adult. That's all I want too. That I find yeah. <laughs> that, that I all that I love as an adult. You know, yeah. but I didn't get as a kid. You know. Right. It's just the idea of this deity or this alien that right. was thought it was a deity that you know demanded to be worshipped. Well, because he gained strength from love. He gained strength through the sharing. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He right. He, he unlike the the energy creature right. in Day of the Dove, he gained strength from love. From love, love. exactly. And you know, it's funny. Day of the Dove is a good example of an episode I loved as a kid. Right. Yeah. And now it's just now it's just it's, oh not, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a Klingon. Well, well, and then we're going to fight. And then it's like, oh, we're laughing at the. Wait, no. The phase is turning into swords. And, no. and, 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 and they're running around. And, uh, you know, and taking it. Michael and Sarah's taking over engineering. And transfer out, freak. I mean, I still love. <laughs> I still and his brother Piotta, but uh-huh. I still love um, you know only a fool fights in a burning house. Like yes. I still yeah. love the ending, you know. But uh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's wacky. It's it wacky. Is. It's it's wacky. Claymore. Yeah. You know, Scotty's incredibly annoying in that episode. Plus, Channel Eleven always cut the great scene where they went. It was good that they cut it when they went to the armory and it's basically a plank of wood with right. a bunch of right. graveyards in it, and it's like. Oh, I love that they cut it. And then I started to see it because it was the only episode creation had. Mm. Um, so whenever they show episodes, it's pre-VHS, mm-hmm. they'd have a 60 millimeter print and it was always right. Day of the Dove. And that was the first time I saw the episode, you know, when they go to the armory. Right. I'm like, that's awful. That's the armory? Like, that's awful. That? Yeah. That's awful. Where's the bowling alley? I mean, I watched all, all this stuff on the blueprints. Um, <laughs> other episodes. You know, uh, I think that... Uh, I think that Charlie X is, is not my darling. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I think my that, darling. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie X is odd because even as a kid and and teenager, I I never associated myself with him. Mm. You know, I mean, you, you think that you know these stories are supposed to sort of bring young people into relating to the characters, right? But I never related to Charlie. I related to Captain Kirk. Right. Mm, yeah. Is there nothing you can do? We offer him life. And we will take care of him. Come, Charles. Oh, please. Don't let them take me. I can't even touch them! Janice! I can't feel. Not like you! They don't love! Please. I want to stay, 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 stay. And it was very odd because I just found him incredibly annoying. Yes. I guess he's supposed to be like that. Yes. But I just kept thinking, why is he so dumb? And he felt old for somebody yeah, who's supposed to be. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. For a kid. I didn't feel any kind of kinship Mm-mm. with him. Yeah. Mm-mm. Plus, I'm like, you know, uh, Janice Lester was there. You know, but it's like- Janice was, Rand. Janice Rand, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Janice, <laughs> Janice Lester. <laughs> That's an episode I love now. No. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just like the way he, he, also the way he treated her, even as a kid, I right. knew that that, that, that was, was wrong. Like, wrong, yeah. Charlie, uh, there's a way that you can, uh, never mind. <laughs> this is the whole thing we said. You know, this is, there's a way. You know, Captain Kirk was respectful of women, even right. though he was a ladies' man, right. quote unquote. Well, a ladies' yeah. man. You know, <laughs> well, he was a ladies' man because the ladies loved him. They loved him. He was irresistible because he he treated them with respect. Well. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, Charlie X, interesting. I never loved that episode. You know, it always felt a lot like it's a good life to me. Yeah, the, the Twilight exactly. Zone. And even as a kid, I but I watched the Twilight Zone religiously, yeah, and I, I felt like it was it was like a half hour too long version of it's a good life. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I'd never put those two together, but um, yeah, absolutely. And I said, you know, Bill Mummy felt like I got that, right? And and, and Robert Walker Jr. was just like he's good in it. He's definitely good yeah. in it, but he didn't feel like he felt a little too old to have this kind of crush. Right, and uh, there was just something off-putting about the whole thing. Yeah, and he's so like the way he treats the other woman that they try and set him up right. on a date with. Yeah, the, don't love the it. No face girl. I just feel that Star Trek with kids was always a losing proposition because you know we named this episode a beaker full of death, which is a well, line from Miri. The grub. You want to All right. I dare you. I double dare you. Look at the blood on my face. Now look at your hands. Blood on your hands. Now who's doing the hurting? Not the grubs. It's you hurting, yelling, maybe killing. 
Just like the grumps you remember and the creatures you're afraid of. You're acting like them. And you're going to be just like them. Unless you let me help you. I'm a grump. And I want to help you. I'm begging you. Let me help you. Or there won't be anything left at all. Please. It's right. funny. You mentioned Mary because it, as a kid, I actually did like Mary. Mm. And now I'm like, mm, no, it just doesn't do it yeah. for me. I I always just like the, the beginning of Mary. And then, uh, you know, after we get past the guy who, somebody broke it. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> island of misfit <laughs> toys. <Yeah. laughs> after we get past that, I just went, oh. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I guess one of our listeners had said, you know, you should reassess the way to eat, which we did and we talked about mm-hmm. on a previous show. No. And, no, well, no, but, <laughs> you know, look, I, we understood their points right. about uh, technology, the dangers of technology, and it right. was a, we had an interesting conversation about it. I'm not going to re, re, you know, right. revisit that. But recently somebody said that they actually really like Mary, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I went back and watched Mary, but it's been a long time sure. since I watched Mary because I always hated Mary, so, and I did not like it, Yeah, you know? Um, but what I do like is that it was shot on the Culver City 40 Acres backlot. Back yeah. And for me, as somebody who loves film history and movie lots and stuff, and particularly the Culver City lot, right. I just loved, I mean, the whole episode is pretty much, other than the stuff, the interiors, like the exteriors, right. like the, I don't think they're ever on the Enterprise. No. So it's like, I love seeing that backlot. And what's great about it is they shoot it wide. It's like- Yeah, wide. that's true. They, that's right. I mean, there are these- Big, wide angles because they have all these facades, and it's not paramount. Like you go to PC Action, it's right. paramount. We've seen that in a million things, and even you know into the eighties, it's almost the same. Hasn't changed a lot. They've dressed some of the back lot, the right. New York Street, but PC Action isn't that different different from uh, you know fame, right, you know, right. um, uh, the TV series, oh, not yeah, the movie. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I I I love watching Miri. For the piece of not so much of Star Trek history, just the, his, just the Hollywood history, yeah, Hollywood yeah. history, because of course this is Selznick. You know, Thalberg was there. Selznick shot uh, Gone with the uh, parts of Gone in the Wind on that mm-hmm. lot. Uh, it, they shot um, the Star Trek pilots there. Yep. Um, a ton of you know Andy Griffith shows. Everybody knows sure. part of City. There's a ton of stuff they shot on that lot, and it's like such a great um, snapshot in time. So I love Mary for that. I also think Kim Darby is sensational. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. She's really good. But, you know, it's a little, and especially she's now. she's becoming a woman. It's a, well, I'm glad you said that. Because it's a little <laughs> creepy yeah. watching Shatner sort of come on to Kim Darby. Right. You know, if, you know at first they really, like, they need stuff for her. Right. There's got to be a better way than Shatner, like, to be paternal rather than, you know, Hey, I know you're about to enter puberty, and look, I'm studly doodle here. To be fair, I I always read it as uh, Shatner was being paternal. Right, she and took, she, was, she, she took, took it, it the other way. Yeah, I don't know because I mean, they sort of Spock and and McCoy say, you know, she's becoming a woman and she's no, interested. Always, in no, you. I always took that as a warning to yes. him that it's like to to kind of. To, to, her okay. emotions were complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, maybe you saw it differently than yeah. I, 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 because I, you know, I, I saw it a little differently, so I felt that was like uncomfortable but right. um but i don't love the episode yeah yeah i mean the, the the casting of all the kids and them uh, uh you know with michael j pollard and uh and uh the other like really goofy looking kids really goofy looking and they're they're playing it up like all these street urchins that are you know hundreds of years old that's the problem right that's yeah. the problem they, they say they're 200 years old yeah I don't care they don't, if they're still kids; they would still mature. Right. It's like Baby Yoda being fifty years old. Mm. It's it doesn't make sense. Right. That they would still be acting like this after hundreds of years. That's that's my that was my main problem. Maybe maybe not. Basically, because of brain development, right? It's like brain development. Actual kids, like our brains, structures change. Sure. So if their physical structures aren't changing, their emotional lives and their ability to reason about certain things would right. also not change. But well, thank you, Dr. Spock. You're welcome. But, but, not Mr. Spock. <laughs> but the brain is pretty much formed by the time someone is six years old. Mm, no, not true. 
I mean, the 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 structures are obviously there, but like, but the but the developmental stages that we go through that are still about brain growth, we haven't completed yet. So it's like now I'm suddenly going back to my ed psych. Um, mm. But uh, I feel like the like the the tipping point um, into um, it's not concrete. You're in concrete operational until concrete operations. Until concrete operational. How, how much we're on the same wavelength? <laughs> I was going to make the same joke. And then it's like you're into abstract whatever, like kind of after that. But like, but up to that point, like your your ability to process is just different. But it's it's it it's also still not, it still feels it weird. True. It doesn't yeah. feel right. You know, it just doesn't feel right. Well, what a great segue into talking about Spock's brain. No, right. So I'll tell you what episode I just hated as a kid, but mm-hmm. now I think is amazing. What? Is let that be your last. Be- no, I'm kidding. Oh, after that episode, it's it was always terrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Riddle me this, Captain Kirk. Um, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Know, a little I'm, change up there. Uh, Look, uh, actually. <laughs> Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, I thought, was immensely cool because of the destruct sequence. Oh, sequence. Okay, you yeah, know what? That's a great and sequence. the fact that that came back. In Star Trek yeah. That's well, the yeah, best thing about later. Star Trek III, yeah. though, that they did the same destruct right, sequence, sequence right. as yeah. Let That Be Your Last yeah. Battlefield. Fan service, we call it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's cool it's because cool. it's the same service. thing. Because yeah. it feels like one big yeah. happy universe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's they, canon. They refit the whole damn ship. But they don't change the, the codes, code. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's like the final code is basically the equivalent of like, yeah. what's your password? Password. Zero 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 destruct zero. My Klingons will never guess it. A B C D E. Now, like I agree, I think it's cool though, but they're still doing a voice print identification. I don't think the code yeah, is yeah. important. I mean, it's just like the prefix code is six digits. Right. It's, it's like how long saying, would it take the computer? Do you mean to it, Captain? Out? Do you really mean it? Right. You know, it's like yeah, okay. And, so, and you know, we're staring at Spock's bad teeth and Scotty's bad teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's scary. It's very. Because scary. in the future, you think the orthodonture would have advanced by a hundred years, two hundred years. Uh, okay, <laughs> so, not an orthodontist. Uh, yeah. Um, all good, all good choices. Um. I, I will tell you an episode that I loved as a kid that I don't dislike now, but I don't love it as much. Mm. Savage Curtain. You are the survivors. The others have run off. It would seem that evil retreats when forcibly confronted. However, you have failed to demonstrate to me any other difference between your philosophies. Your good and your evil use the same methods, achieve the same results. Do you have an explanation? You establish the methods and the goals. For you to use as you chose. What did you offer the others if they want? What they wanted most. Power. You offered me the lives of my crew. I perceive you have won their lives. How many others have you done this to? What gives you the right to hand out life and death? The same right that brought you here. The need to know new things. I yeah. loved that as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Me it too. Had Lincoln, it had Lincoln in it. In it. it had and he shows up on his chair. It had Kalis the Unforgettable. It had a really cool alien. Kalis the um, I forgot. Uh, unforgettable. And, <laughs> and, and Lincoln. It, was, it fights the whole <laughs> episode. Hey, I, lo- I, I love that. I mean, like when that came on, I was giddy. Giddy is a schoolboy. Yeah. And, uh, but now, you know, I still have a soft spot in my heart because I do still think Yarnick is cool. And I, I kind of, I don't hate the premise, but um, it's not. It's a little yeah, goofy. It's, it's yeah, goofy. It's, it's, yeah, it's goofy. Yeah, no. It's not great. It's it's not great. And, you know, again, it sort of feels like warmed over arena in a way. And, yeah. I don't, you know, that's the problem with the third season. It's just like, it's episodes that were done better in the first and second season done badly, you know, um... I, I I want my uh, my cover band to be Yarnex Claw Click. That, that's what that's the name of my cover band. Well, I would make it a beaker full of death. <laughs> well, hopefully we won't be on the same uh, ticket. The, the same double bill. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the uh, the yeah we we didn't really finish talking about Mary, but yeah, it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's good. not. But it is. It does like have. Some because it's just so it's shot on those exteriors, it feels like it has a scope mm-hmm. that other mm-hmm. episodes it don't. It totally does. Yeah. 
which I like. I do too. I, and the whole it's not just the scope. It's really well directed. There's this great shot where we're we're, we're looking inside, at, the we're inside the building and in, in in deep background we see Kirk and Mary and it's sort of a POV shot. Right. But then it goes from being a POV shot to they walk and we're shooting through the door right. and see them outside. It's all in one master. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It's really beautifully shot. Yeah. Good use of the sets. And good use, yeah, the, of the back lot and everything. I, I, they didn't need to do this another Earth. That That is a very underwhelming teaser. Yeah. You know, to explain why the planet looks like Earth, you know. Yeah. Because it doesn't it doesn't bias anything that is supposed to be just like right. Earth. There's no payoff. <laughs> yeah. What other episodes uh, do you guys, uh, uh, you know, did you did you not like as kids and maybe you like more now? You know, because I, 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 I pretty much liked them all as a kid, mm-hmm. mostly. mostly. Um, the You know, obviously the one that I didn't like as a kid that I still hate is Alternative Factor. Yeah, yeah. me too. Um, and and the Children Shall Lead, too, I thought was awful. I, awful. I liked it as a kid. Mm. I liked I liked as the hail, children fire and yeah. kid. I mean, yes. So I can totally sort of recite that, but like I always yeah. just never. See, I never, know. I never, I never like that. Because I, I like the scene that they cut out for uh, syndication. I like the scene where they were picking out ice cream flavors. Uh, I thought that was kind of neat. Mm. Just and and, just and that and that the colors that uh, the flavors they were picking were sort of <laughs> were the colors that were painted on the on the computer chips that she was oh, having. Yeah. You know, little stupid reasons, but. Um, I thought it was cool, and I thought it was creepy, and I thought it was it was uh, it it uh, it made me emotional when they when they were being shown the the footage of their parents, and then oh, everybody's dead now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that really sort of affected me. So, and and I thought that uh, like Melvin Belli psychology. Yeah, ever. totally. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that Melvin Belli as the Gorgon was creepy and scary and. You know, even though he's wearing a big tupa, as, <laughs> as you know, as 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 casting Gene Roddenberry's lawyers go, Melvin Bella, I was. <laughs> I, I I I hated and Shirley. I that one I almost didn't watch when it would come on. I hated it. I hated it so much. Um, I also didn't like Alana Troyes, and I still yeah. probably don't like Alana yeah. Troyes. Mm, because it yeah. was basically, you know, my fair lady, Pygmalion. Well, it's it, uh, the Taming of the Shrew. Taming Shrew. Yeah. Taming Shrew. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm not uh, not not a huge fan of that episode. And I don't know that I ever loved. Plus, I also felt it made our characters look stupid, letting a little th- bit them you know uh, implant a uh, you know s- sabotage the enterprise. Right. It's like I, I just feel like you have these people on board. You're not going to let them wander around right. and sabotage the ship. Yeah. Um. So not not a, not a fan of that. Um, so you were saying with Next Generation, you know, yeah. you, you were you were young, you were in high school, yeah, and uh, you were watching it for what the was first that like? time. No, so is there episodes that maybe you didn't like that you like more now? Oh yeah. So, um, and I don't know that. Okay, look. First of all, I, no matter how old you are, like you watch those first seasons of the Next Generation on a sliding scale, right? But I'm a I was a test pattern Trekkie at that point. You know, I'd have watched TPT? anything and been happy. Yeah, exactly. Are you, you down know, with like, TPT? Hey. <laughs> yeah, you know me. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I I I suffered through those seasons as much as anybody else did, and and some of the episodes I. I really liked, mm. and and some of them like it just kind of went by just sort of neutral. But so you loved Arsenal of Freedom. You know what? I'll <laughs> tell you what I liked about Arsenal of Freedom. I think it was the first time we saw the Phasers get fired in anger, mm. and that is ridiculous that that's true. Right? Vincent Schiavelli was in it. Sure, he was, um, and he's cool. But like, but uh, yeah, it was like that was like the only thing about that episode. I'm like, hey, it's the Phasers, right? right? It's like yeah, they're firing. That looks. I kind of like the like, idea behind that. Yeah. like they're trying to sell weapons. They're like this, like a weapon salesman. It's like an infomercial selling weapons or something. It's like I don't know. There's there's something interesting at the heart of that episode. Plus, you're right. At that point, the show had had so little action that to finally have an episode where they're firing their phasers and like people are in. <laughs> Jeopardy. It's like okay, oh my God, it's a show now. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'll tell you, the episode that on first watch just kind of made zero impression, and then I don't know, man. Like it, I, I watched it man. in college. Nope. <laughs> what? Uh, one one zero zero. Oh yeah, zero, See, I love that. One. I love I, but that. But when episode. I first saw it, I didn't like really. Mm. I was like, okay, so it's Riker and it's a girl, blah blah blah, and this space yeah. talking and. What is that high-pitched sound you make? 
That is our primary language. How can you process information at that speed? We store information with these buffers. We receive information all the time and save it until we need it. How did you happen to develop this ability? It happened over a long period of time. To have a society so intermixed with computers, it has tremendous advantages. And a few disadvantages. But now I'm like, I love that episode. Mm. I think that's a great episode. I thought the Binars were one of the most imaginative alien species. Yep. They felt alien. Yeah, they did. You know, and they didn't have like just bumpy ridges. Yeah. I, I felt I, like they had a culture and a point of view. And you like, might have said no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were great in Galaxy Quest, too. Yes. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you know, also the stock footage from Star Trek Three really yeah, helped, too. Yeah, it actually worked a lot. Like the shot of like Enterprise-D kind of going into mm. the, the, the into space dock and kind uh. of watching I know, but but you watch things differently than I the do. rest of us do. Yeah, you can't see it in the same. I like it. I felt it open up the show. Yeah, made the show feel it bigger. It gave it some scope. Yeah, I thought so. And I, I I thought it was a great Riker episode, and it was a clever premise. And I thought Carol McCormick as Minuet was great. Yep. I I, I was that even then it was like oh I, that that and like um, Haven and um, Haven. Part of Glory were episodes where I felt the show was starting to. The Big Goodbye. Yeah, yeah where, Big Goodbye was good. You know, that's why Glory was good. People like who just dismiss the first and second season do it at their own peril. I, I mean, there, there was an episode I hate in the second season, which I like a lot more now. I, I wouldn't argue it's a good episode, but where silence has lease. Data. Nagila. You are of different construction in the others. Interesting. Your life form surprises me more and more. Is it true you also have only a limited existence? Answer. What information do you want? I don't understand the question. You exist, and then you cease to exist. Your minds call it death. But now it's like creepy and weird. Yeah, and I, I dug it, man. Um, I hated Big Goodbye. Really? And oh, I, I still do. Oh, no, I like Big well, Goodbye. That, that's because you love noir. I love noir. Much. Yeah, exactly. And to me, it seemed so forced and fake. And I never, ever believed that Picard would read these books. You know, that, you know what the sound is? That's the sound of Tracy yeah. Torme canceling his appearance yeah, on right. the show. Well, you know what I'm sorry, Tracy. Silicon Avatar. No, I didn't. <laughs> No, not worse. Uh, you know, we'll always have Paris. Actually, we'll always have Paris was kind of, there was something interesting about it, but it was like, it. I don't know that if it ever quite gelled. I haven't watched that in like 25 years. It's so funny because the original plan that Hurley had was so much more interesting that I think Times Squared was going to lead into mm-hmm. Q Who, no, Neutral Zone was going to lead into Times Squared, which was going to lead into um, Q Who. Right. And it was a whole serialized thing. And now none of it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I like Times Squared, honestly. There was something kind of kooky about it that I dug. I've called it the original Brandon Bragg episode before Brandon Bragg yeah. worked on the show. Right. But it was like a time loop, time anomaly, you know, kind of thing. Um, I dug Conspiracy. You know what I didn't hate mm-hmm. at the time and I'm embarrassed to admit I didn't hate at the time? Which obviously I hate now. Code of Honor. Yeah. Because right. Code of Honor... It had a Fred Steiner score, and it had, again had action. Right. It was like coming after Naked Now. It was just I was dying to see they were on another planet. There was action. There was stuff going on. You know, now obviously we all know it's freaking racist. As, as, you know, it's a terrible. You know, a, a, the Amos and Andy episode. But you know, when I first saw it, it was kind of like, okay, well, this isn't as horrible as Naked Now. <laughs> you know, but um, but that's, that's blown out, sir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um... I don't know, man. Like, the next generation was so. I would say that it was hit or miss, but that's like giving way too much credit to hit. You know what I'm saying? Like, on those first two seasons. I mean, but there were episodes that I legitimately dug, and that's what kept me watching. Mm. I think um, something else that 
that uh, that changed. But I think this was also just simply as the show evolved, was my feeling about the characters changed. Yeah. I mean, for the longest time, it was like, Picard, for the love of God, would you please stop surrendering? Yeah, yeah. For the... Yeah. Stop it. Mm-hmm. But just... the, people forget a measure of the man was second season. So it's yeah. like to say, oh, the first two seasons oh, yeah. are worthless. No, it's not, not true at all. Not at all. And I've said before, and I think I said this on the special features, I said you could make a case. Not There were absolutely much better seasons, and the show absolutely got better. But... It took more risks the first yeah. two seasons. There's some very audacious, crazy shit going on. Is it good? Nah, most of the time it's not. But, but sometimes, like I tell you, what I what I dug um, from the the second season and has kind of stuck with me for whatever reason was like the schizoid man. There was something about that episode that was just so sort of dark and weird. Although, by the same token, an episode that I really liked when I first saw it and I don't think holds up was Data Lore. Yeah. What I loved about Data Lore was like when I first saw it was it's Rob Bowman's like first I, I think it was his first time in the director's chair. Yeah, he knew how to direct that. Damn show. right he did, and it had such a great look, and it was the like first the way the music worked. Are really good. Mm-hmm. They're awesome, and that to me like carried the rest of the episode. Now it's like I can't really even watch it. No, it's true, and and uh, just going back to uh, um, Schizoid Man, Schizoid Man. What I love is Morgan Shepard in that. Yes, you know Morgan Shepard's great, um, who was in Star Trek Six. And, um, uh, you know, he died like two or three years ago. Um, great actor. Um, and the Schizoid Man was written by Tracy Torme. He, he based the title on the name of a Prisoner episode. Right. You know, he, and that was an episode that Maurice Hurley rewrote. And it, it's sad because I would love to have seen Tracy's original version, which sounded a lot more interesting. But it's not, again, interesting stuff right. going on there. Not a great episode, right. but interesting. Um you know, one day I really should go back and look at some of these episodes, but mm-hmm. I, I guess um, I don't know when I'd have time. Right, right. <laughs> uh, there, there's one episode of uh, Next Gen during those first couple years that I absolutely detested when I first saw it: the Royale. See, and I, we've talked about this. I love the I Royale. Kinda, you know what? I think if you're going for like, I didn't dig it when I first saw it, and now I kind of dig it. Like, I dig it, dig it. That was my pick for guilty pleasures. And, you know, uh, I, it's a terrible episode. I'm not defending it. <laughs> right. But uh, it's something about it's it. It's so out there, this whole idea that they're trapped in this bad pulp novel right. and they have to live out the plot yeah. in order to get out of this, you know. Um, to me, it's just so crazy that I just love that it went there and it's bizarre and, you know, data gambling and the weird um, character actors that are in there mm-hmm. and... I, you know, again, I, mean, I wouldn't it's, defend it. It's kind of their answer to Specter of the Gun. It kind it of kind is. kind of Specter of the Gun. And, you know, to me, it's... Which is another episode I didn't it, really dig as a kid, and I love it. So oh, I, I love Specter of the Gun. I love Specter of the Gun as a kid. Yeah. I love it now. I, I thought it was fun when I was a kid, and I really like it now. Um, but, yeah, and then anything else from TOS that... Uh... Um, not especially. I mean, I... I I love uh, Corbin Might Maneuver, mm-hmm. mostly because I was scared of it. Mm-hmm. And Baylock, the puppet, mm-hmm. scared the crap out of me as a kid. And But that became like a magnet that drew me to it. Right. right. Because clearly he was not a Jim Henson kind of... Uh, yeah, it's funny. Corbin Might Maneuver was never one of my favorites, but it is the show. It, it is the show. It's yeah. the entire show in yep. one episode. Yep, yep. It, it defines Star Trek. That should be required reading at the Academy. Everyone who makes a Star Trek show should have to see Cormac yeah. Maneuver because yeah. it has... It has, has every a, element. Yeah. Cr- a weird alien. It has creepy space stuff. It has um, a positive message. Right. Um, it, it, has, has, it, has it has Kirk has being clever. Yeah. It, yeah. Has, it has Spock being uh, helpful and efficient. It has an audience surrogate in Bailey. Right. The threatening um, alien turns out to be just a dude who wants a drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's right. And then there's Jimmy Doon. Yeah. And there's Jimmy, Jimmy Doon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I, I think this was interesting. We, we you know, it's it, you know, sort of see how how we've evolved much like Viger over the course <laughs> of uh, many years, you know, our opinions about Star Trek and you know, I, and look, I'll say I you know, I'm not a huge, you know, it's no secret I'm not a huge fan of Voyager, but you know, I've gone back subsequently and watched episodes that I find, you know, I don't, quite enjoyable. Yeah, quite enjoyable. I mean, like something like, uh, you know, what I really uh, learned to, to appreciate, which I really like quite a bit, is uh, Bride of Chaotica. 
um, which is a really fun, you know, uh, homage to the old uh, serials. It was the big goodbye of Voyager. It was right. the, the Dixon Hill of Voyager. So I, I thought that was that was pretty cool. That was when she gave up her Outlander fantasies and instead decided she was, <laughs> you know, an evil space queen, which was fun. It was it was well suited to. Kate. I think it's fair to say that. Um, Though perhaps our opinions of these episodes haven't changed a lot over the years, our understanding of them mm-hmm. has. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, in order to become a Trexpert, you have to go through various stages of... Uh, Trexpertise. Of, oh, Trexpertise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Doubt, it's, it's true. anger. <laughs> bargaining. Denial, bargaining. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of bargaining. <laughs> yeah. How much is that Blu-ray? <laughs> Can you send me that that, uh, that laser disc for uh, half? Price? Yeah, you're right. It's an evolutionary process. Yeah, no, it's it's it, it is, and it and it continues to go on. You know, uh, I think at every stage of our life to go back and watch these episodes, you find something new in it. I mean, like I didn't know who uh, Appel was until no, no, you you you, you <laughs> Ed know, Appel? Ed Appel. I didn't know Ed Appel. Ed Appel? until until. Scott Mance uh, invoked his name. Okay, so uh, I want to thank you guys, as always, Ashley, Darren, for being here. I think this thank was a you. very eye-opening episode. And thank you to our audience for joining us for Inglorious Trexperts. If you're a fan of this podcast, you may want to check out Electric Surge's other podcasts, like the 430 Movie every Friday, The Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast every Tuesday, and Best Movies Never Made every other Monday. Also, check out the new Doctor Who podcast, Two on Who, available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch our video podcast of all your favorite Electric Surge shows on the Electric now app or on stir zumo or distro tv and if you've enjoyed this podcast please rate us five stars on apple Podcasts. finally a very special thanks to bill ritter sound man extraordinaire who makes it sound so great every week we want to thank our post-production coordinator dylan middlebrook and our production associates peter holmstrom and zach raggetts and of course a very special thanks to absentee producer natalie Miscali. john thanks for filling in and of course dean devlin without whom the show would not be possible so until next week weekend next week yeah next weekend <laughs> next till next weekend keep on trekking and gloriously of course engage This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.